Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Man's Jiu Jitsu Podcast. Now guys, just before we get into the episode, just going to give a brief word to our sponsor. This episode is once again brought to you by the Tape Lab Company. Now guys, if you've been training Jiu Jitsu for any period of time, you're going to see people taping their fingers. Now, little did you know that it's not just because it looks really cool and makes you look like you actually know what you're doing. It's to prevent injuries and stop your grips and your fingers breaking on you and, you know, having that needless joint pain for no reason. Uh, guys, I train mostly nogi, but I still find a lot of value in taping my fingers to keep, you know, to keep the machine well around it, if you know what I mean. Now, it's not all just about taping your fingers to look cool. You can also tape your ankles, wrists, and most of your joints to look cool. And if you want to find out how you can tape any problem areas, such as, say, your elbows at you, you can look them up on Instagram, at Tape Lab Code. They have a whole bunch of tutorials about how to tape your joints properly to, you know, fight knee pain, ankle pain, toe pain, or even carpal tunnel syndrome or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, guys, if you want 15% off any of your orders, over 15 euro with Tape Lab, use code HUMANZY15. That's HUMANZY15 for 15% off checkout. Guys, this episode is also brought to you by Ground Game Ireland. Now guys, if you're in Ireland and you want quality gi, no gi, MMA, or even casual apparel, be sure to check them out and use my code HUMANZY15. Also, Humanity 15 for 15% off any orders over 60 euro. Personally, I'd recommend their ranked rash guard set, guys. It's very nice, it's very sleek, it's very breathable. You know, washes very easily, and guys, you know, has a really nice design. Plus, you know, you gotta, you gotta show off the fact that you're a certain belt once you get promoted. You know, ever since I got promoted, I've been on a real uh, ranked rash guard kick, if you know what I mean. So guys, that's Humanzy15 for 15% off any orders over 60 euro. Thanks again to Ground Game for sponsoring and supporting the podcast. And guys, hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so guys, we have a nice change of pace today. It's because I've actually had the pleasure of, of rolling and training with this person before having them on the podcast. So when I say they're very good, it's not just me being polite. I'm actually being, you know, telling the truth. <laughs> we got uh, Daniel Zagrud. What's up, Daniel? What's up? What's up? Pleasure to be here. What's the... Mate. Yeah, you know, I think I, I just had to have you on because when we were in Greece, you and Baris were just saying, oh yeah, why aren't, why didn't you have us on the podcast yet? And you made me feel really self-conscious, so I had to have you on. <laughs> yeah, we felt you had a thing against Dutch people, but uh, <laughs> you're boosting me here. <laughs> yeah, I only hung out with you and him for, for a whole week, you Dutch people, for a week in Greece. But yeah, I totally have something against you, 100%. <laughs> yeah, it's mainly, uh, how do you call this? Um stereotyping because in the end we're actually pretty nice people I think that was it we broke the stereotype for you yeah you fuckers are too nice <laughs> imagine that being a stereotype oh they're too fucking nice I hate them they're they're perpetuating a, a negative stereotype of Dutch people <laughs> I, I wish I met more Dutch people that were fucking assholes man it's you know like really be really refreshing I know quite a few man you should do it like one oh bro <laughs> uh, so Daniel first and foremost you know is a uh, you know, huge honor to train with you in Jutopia, man. You got to do all the, the knee lever stuff. And, you know, uh, you got a mention in a little article I wrote saying that you were somebody's favorite instructor. So, you know, that should... Yeah, uh, yeah I, I wrote the thing and my friend quoted it. So, do you remember that? I thought it was like in all the Irish media, but it's all, you are all the Irish media. My name's at the bottom of it. So, you, you know, that's, that's you know, it's my thing. I just put my name at the bottom of it. Uh, so, the... Uh, it's actually funny how I got that quote off your man. I just recorded to him at the bar one night. I was like, oh, well, who was your favorite class? Like, oh, Daniel DeGroote, fucking amazing. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> well. Yeah. No, that being said, man, uh, the knee lever stuff you taught was fucking really good. So, you know, before I get into everything, you know, 
when, when did you first start doing all that knee lever stuff and how annoying is it for people to deal with because you think you're past and then you're like, whoop, no, sweep. I think I actually learned it first from uh, Hiko Vieira, uh, the Jackman founder himself, when I was in, uh, in Rio in 2015. We showed a lot of that stuff. Um, so I've been implementing, my coach is really good at it as well, uh, Thiago Bro. So he's been uh, adding a lot of little details to it. Um, actually, in the, the last training camp he gave at our gym, uh, he worked a lot of uh, knee levers as well. So I, like most of the stuff the, from the knee lever I learned from him. But the first one that actually showed it to me and opened my eyes to it was uh, Eco Vieira from uh, mm. when I was real training with him. Mm. No, okay. I always assumed, like, you, you, t- actually, you know, that was what you were teaching when we were at the thing in Greece and you actually told us why it's called the John Wayne sweep and all that because, you know, John Wayne's like beating people up effortlessly. I always, uh, no, I always had a story in my head about why it was called that, which could be funnier, could be less funny about the whole uh, John Wayne beating people up thing. It's just because whenever I'd John Wayne someone, I'd always have a little voice in my head saying, you're getting swept now, pilgrim, just like pilgrim. Is you're, you're older than me probably I've never seen any John Wayne uh, John Wayne movies I just noticed the story but you haven't seen the fucking uh, the one where he picks that child up and throws him in a river because he can't swim nope that's a good one should I check it yeah you should it's you know it just reminds me of so many memes so like I don't know half guard you don't know half guard you're six years old crap traumatized I'll check <laughs> that's what you have to do uh, so Daniel first and foremost you know, I like to know this about everyone I get on, is uh, how did you start Jiu-Jitsu anyway? Um, I played a lot of video games when I was a, a teen. And then eventually I got into boxing when I was like 16. Uh, so I had something else to do. And then all my friends quit boxing. And then I started watching UFC. I started playing the video game. And the first time I actually heard about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu was in that video game. I had to Google what BJJ meant. Um, and then I wanted to become an MMA fighter at like 15, 16, but I didn't like getting hit in the face. So I slowly transitioned and left the MMA and just, uh, just, I, I think you made the right choice, man, because you know, you have the face of someone who does who shouldn't be punched. I'm, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and got worse. I'll, I'll let you decide if that's a compliment or not. But anyway, moving swiftly along. Uh, which UFC game was it? Was it like Undisputed Tree or something? Or it was no, it was early, man. It was well, shame. Let's see which. Oh, well, maybe was one... it was it EA like the EA one from way back when? Yeah, before EA. It wasn't the Pride PS One game, was this? Because <laughs> that's a long ass time ago. It was two thousand nine Undisputed. Okay. That's the one where you like, is that, okay, I can't really remember because I haven't played that one. Is that the one where you can choose if it's Strike Force, Pride FC, or UFC? I think this was pretty UFC only, and then the the ones after that you could uh, you could pick, yeah. Uh, you know, because we all want soccer kicks in our fucking games, because, you know, why not? Yeah, yeah, no, I don't I don't think this one had soccer, uh, soccer kicks. No, this was pretty awesome, but... No, but imagine, okay, I'm of the mind that there should be an MMA game where you can do stuff that's illegal, and as long as Herb Dean is the, is the referee, you can get away with it. <laughs> you should be allowed to foul in the game, like you can foul in FIFA, why shouldn't you be allowed to foul? It's a sports simulation game, is it not? Mm-hmm. 
should be some hacker that uh, <laughs> that finds a way to do that. Oh man, or you know, um, if you have someone in side control for like two minutes, you get stood up because, like, I don't think that's a thing. Because, like, say you, you just have no stamina and you can't get up, and you know you're just stalling, get someone to stand you up. Why don't they add that in? Like, you know, the 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 nitty gritty, very very sports sim sort of thing. It's been a while. I have, like, this is the 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 first, and I played only one after that, so I'm not sure how the the level of the UFC games is right now. After that, I'll. Uh... <laughs> I just so did real life to just a video game. Oh, man. Oh, man. I don't even think you can make a jiu-jitsu video game. You can make, like, VR, but then just have someone across the room doing the same stuff, but at that point, just, just do jiu-jitsu on each other instead of in VR or something. Yeah. Yeah, good. Yeah. So, man, uh, what's it called? Oh, uh, seeing as that. What's it called? I had something funny in my head before I got it. But man, um, do you have any upcoming comps at the moment? Because I saw you and Bart were just fucking killing it on that ADCC Open over there. In um, Where was that one? Was that in... Uh... Um, Warsaw, Poland. Okay. Yeah, it was a fun competition. So the next big one is going to be um, uh, ADCC Trials in the same uh, gymnasium in Warsaw, Poland. So we're already uh, preparing for that. Uh, we have a 10-week training plan now, getting ready every week uh, towards that competition. And I might do like one or two more uh, local or like some super fight events um, coming up to the competition, but the main focus is uh, trials this year. Now, I know that uh, you have the 10-week training camp. Now, do you want to just spoil everything and tell everyone what you're going to do? I'm on events. That's a terrible idea. I, what uh, what division are you doing? You doing 66 because uh, you're a skinny guy? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll do this. Uh, I'm glad. <laughs> okay, I, um, I'll i see. Uh, we'll see about if we're going over to fucking do the thing. You know, a few of us are talking about going to do trials. So, you know, I'm glad that if I do do it, do 77. I could stay as far the fuck away from you as I can because you beat the shit out of me. I'm not a strong division either. Right? Every division at all. Oh, yeah. No, I was like, oh, yeah, let's do 88. Like, let's not do 88 because uh, I'll get fucking killed. <laughs> There's no uh, no easy division at trials. Mm. Right, do, you want to, do you know something funny? Uh, you actually met him. Um, the guy I was with, Klim, he's uh, 60 kilo. The So he's 60 kilo. We were talking to him about doing doing trials. The smallest division for the men is 66. So we're telling him to... No, he's 56 kilos. Sorry, we're telling him to get up to 66 to do trials. And the low... He was like, he's not a 55 kg bracket. We're like, there is for the women. It's only this year. Oh, yeah, shit, there is. I forgot that it's a, that's a new thing. That's a new development. Fuck, man. Because what was it before? It was like... Under fucking under sixteen, over sixty was just two. So yeah, or sixty-five something. But yeah, just two divisions. Yeah, I feel really sorry for anyone. Like, cause you know, we we I was watching the ADCC last year, and there was the fucking uh, the women's matches, and Gabby Garcia was against this fucking one hundred thirty-five pound woman, and I'm just like, it's a bit of a weight disparity here. Okay. Yeah, and, and it's not a <laughs> full matchup. Now you see how far it is. No, that's not great. So, man, uh, what have you had to change recently in your training? Because I know you, we, you have to, you've been doing more ADCC rules comps. Like, is there been a lot of stuff you've been, anything in particular you've been focusing on lately to, like, you know, make your game better for the rule set? So, for ADCC, like, we're noticing more and more now with uh, everybody preparing for that rule set that 
to score points, you always have to go through front headlocks or to the turtle. So we're working a lot of those positions, both offensively and, uh, and defensively. If you want to pass somebody's guard, they're going to go to turtle. So you need to know how to deal with that. If you want to sweep somebody, they're not going to allow it. They're going to go to turtle. So you have to deal with that. If you try to take somebody down, they're going to go to turtle. So everything goes to turtle because in ADCC rule sets, turtle resets everything. Like you can't get swept if you go to turtle. Then you can just take three seconds and then sit down. You can't get past if you go to turtle. Then you can take your three seconds and sit back down. So uh, those are some of the, the main things we're, uh, we're focusing on. The the things you need to rule sets. Mm. Now, uh, what's it called? What's your actual opinion on, because like, um, cause, okay, I've never been to an ADCC comp up until recently. I was coaching with the guys at one and, you know, the whole buzz there is very different than like a standard tournament. Like people, it's a bit more serious, even if it's just like an ADCC open. The fact that there's like no, no points for the first half of the match, you know, like, do you think that changes a lot of things or like, you know, because you could, put, you know, theoretically get your ass kicked in the first three minutes come back, score a bunch of points, and then win, even though you got whooped in the first three minutes? Like, what's your oh, thinking about the whole yeah. reset? I'm not saying you in particular. I'm saying anyone <laughs> hypothetically. I do, I do, I do. <laughs> I did get my ass kicked in the first minutes and then <laughs> come back. No, I like it. It gives you, a, like, a little bit different incentive. In the first minutes, you can just chase submissions. Um, depends a bit on your game as well, like whether you play top or bottom. Um, uh, but, yeah, you can just chase submissions rather too much fear and then in the, the later part you have to be a little bit more strategic so um i like it it's like a different challenge than uh, than normal rule sets but by now i'm i'm so used to it this this has become like my uh, my normal rules now have you actually okay there's one little uh okay there's one thing about the adcc rule set that like you know no one okay no, a few people it's not like it's a big secret but it's just not really people utilize a or talk about it b is the slamming out of submissions. Like, have you ever actually seen someone slam out of submission at one of these ADCC uh, opens or what's your, what's your... Uh, I see, I think the first trials, so this is 2021, the first trials of the last ADCC, I had a triangle and the guy tried to tried to slam me out of it. But um, like from a triangle, if you scoop the leg, there's not too much power they can put in like of course when you forget to scoop the leg and they're going to throw you up then it's a bit scary i would just let go um but as long as you stay connected to them they can't really lift you up that far um but i haven't seen anything go too crazily wrong with it um like you just have to be aware when you're on bottom you can't forget it if you're feeling you're getting lifted up in the air just let go and, and stand back up it's like a you know if you train many people you know uh they like we have a few good mma guys in our in our gym like they'll they'll lift me up and I'll just let go. I know that I'd get slammed there and yeah, not a bad, not a good idea. I don't know. It, what, what are you doing to these people to make them want to slam you? Is what I want to know. You know, were they not just you know? Are you talking shit? Made all be like, ah, oh, your triangle's shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it's just a correct defense. Like uh, I'm not uh, only only with the uh, like the white bots and the blue bots. I'm really mean in rolling, but with uh, the higher up people, I'll take it a bit more serious. Ah, uh, you're a fucking scoundrel. Uh, but uh, okay, so you know, it's just uh, I, I'll actually I'll actually have to send you a video later about the most. It was at the West Coast Trials last year. Some guy got put to put unconscious with the boogie choke. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then because uh, yeah, no, but that that did give rise to one of the greatest video edits I've ever seen, where your man stands up and it just says finish him, and then he slams him, and you hear the oh. windows 
the Windows sound effect would be, you know, he's like, his brain is shut off. Oh, yeah, I don't like boogies at all. I'll just have to chore them next time we roll. And then you'll like them. I really thought, like, one of my uh, my students, he got injured with one as well, where he, he tried to do it. He pulled his knee a little bit too far. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan. Yeah, I did. I, I saw a video of some guy doing that, and he broke his own leg doing that shit. And I'm like, damn. The day this video came out, that night my student injured his own leg doing that shit or something. Jeez, man. Doesn't he know you shouldn't repeat everything you see on Instagram, especially videos where people injure themselves? Like, come on, bro. <laughs> I don't know what, uh, what fire I did. <laughs> Oh, speaking of terrible injuries, like, um, how long have you been training, like, and what's been your worst injury since you started? Cool, I've been training since 2011, so that's 20, well, no, no, it's not 20, it's just... That's 20 years, it's, tw- like, I'm bad. 12, I 11, 12, yes. yeah, um, I never had any bad injuries, like, when I was a white belt, somebody escaped my mount and I posted my hand, so my wrist got injured a little bit, uh, I had a turf toe ones where my toe got stuck underneath uh, my body weight and my partner's body weight in 50-50 so that cracked pretty nicely other than that I never had any major injuries just like small small injuries no back no knee injuries nothing to uh, to serious oh man don't get me started on that fucking turf toe from 50-50 because man I was with this I was with this big guy and uh, this guy had been training for a bit longer than me so I thought he knew what he was doing and we were at 50-50 and he decided to fucking forward roll out of 50-50. And somehow it ended and resulted in me bending my fucking toe over itself and nearly breaking. And he's, I'm like, bro, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, I was trying to do a barambolo. I was like, that's not a fucking <laughs> barambolo, you silly cunt. Like, yeah. bro. <laughs> nah, okay, to be fair, we had a bit of a laugh about it afterwards. But my toe was a bit, so I was like, you motherfucker. I don't know. But actually, that that, uh, that moment, I actually learned how to play half guard because uh, I was in Brazil, just training. Like I don't have study there, I don't have a job there. I just train, do full time jiu-jitsu. Um, so I had nothing else to do. So I still had to train, even though my foot was injured. So I just found a way to. Uh, I, I learned half guard basically, and like the underhook half guard where your foot gets the least amount of uh, abuse. So that was a, a a good point, and now it's my my favorite position. Mm-hmm. Around, uh, what's it called? It's okay. Imagine, okay. I've heard so many fucking stories about people like going over to it's not just Brazil, so don't think of you know, this this particular podcast episode isn't dedicated to shit on Brazil, every other one is, but not this one. Yeah. So, like, people, you know, it's not just Brazil, they're like, oh, I'm gonna go to this gym halfway around the halfway around the world, I'm gonna get injured on the first fucking day, and then yeah. I guess I'll just train the whole fucking time anyway because I'm already here. You know, the, the sunk cost fallacy is, uh, you know, sunk in at that point. You're not going to go to a gym in another country and not train, even if you're fucking crippled or injured or come on, you know. Keep hearing about stuff, stuff like that. It's like, it's like a trend. It's like a cosmic sort of fucking, I don't know, it's like a, I don't know, it's like a fucking, it's like a prophecy. If you have to go to another gym to get really good training in your country, you're going to get injured the first day. <laughs> Maybe people want to prove themselves too much. I like, like I said, I, I don't get injured too much. This was one of the the rare injuries, so I don't have that problem too much. But I can imagine, like, if you come into a new gym, you want to prove yourself, and everybody in the gym wants to test you. Uh, that's uh, yeah, risky for injury. 
Mm. Right, man, when I come over to you guys in December, I better back an engine on my first day or else I'm just going to be kicking myself. <laughs> you're just going to you're just gonna need to work after me and my leg is going to be broken in half. Like, fuck my life, so I'm going to go home now. <laughs> no, most people we don't uh, age them, but they, they do get uh, mentally broken down usually when they come train with us. <laughs> we had a lot of, uh, in many names, but we have a lot of people coming in that say like, yeah, yeah I'm going to train a few days with you guys, just follow the same schedule you have. And then the first day they do like the the competition class, and they come back in the evening, and then the next day they disappear. <laughs> they uh, <laughs> uh, well, but I I hope I could fucking uh, stick the whole week doing that shit with you, because if I can't, I'm gonna be look like a real silly now. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm be fine. Yeah, sure. Speaking of like, what is like, what is your competition class? Like, how do you run it? Because I know, you know, different schools have different schools of thought when it comes to like competition class where they're like, it's okay, this is a quick aside. So one of my friends from the gym where we're at, he was just in Brazil there and he was telling me how their roles at that this gym in Brazil were very competition based, but in the in a very bad way where people would, uh, Wait, nearly okay. They'd be on the edge of the mat, so if you threw them, they'd go off the mats, and they could be like, "Well, you know, if there was a competition, you wouldn't have scored on me." <laughs> or they'd actually stall in the, in the training room and be like, "Yeah, I won by I won that round by advantage." It's like, bro, it's training. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like, so do you guys run competition class properly, or do you do it, you know, the wrong way? <laughs> we do it the wrong way. <laughs> ah, nice, awesome, cool. Yeah, we prefer the wrong way. No, so competition class, um, we have a, a pretty good group of uh, of competitors, like from the Netherlands and some people from abroad as well that come in every day. Um, and I put a lot of, uh, I give them a lot of independence. So everybody has to do their own homework. If you come to a competition class with us, if you want to like join them, I always tell you, okay, you have to do your own homework. You have to study some techniques you want to work on, some positions you want to work on. So then uh, we start with drilling. Then we do specific rounds. Um, we always had like three specific rounds, so you just pick whatever you want to work on. But now going closer to like a big competition, um, actually uh, decide the, the specific rounds. Um, we'll work that for the next half hour, and then in the end we'll do uh, free sparring basically, or um, some some stand up sparring. Uh, depends a bit on the day. Um, we're also periodizing uh, the classes, so one week will be a little bit tougher, the other week will be a little bit slower. Um, but basically that gives them a lot of freedom, um, some guidance in the specific sparring and at the end of the class, we we'll uh, we always do a, a circle. So everybody comes up, uh, with, uh, did they share something they learned that day and they share one problem they had. So that we problem solve that as a, as a group. And we have a lot of like knowledge in the team. We have a lot of people with different expertises. Um, so like usually your problem can get solved right on the spot or people will send you in the right direction for your solution and tell you, okay, this, look at this at late or watch this instructional. Um, so that's basically our close. Mm. No. So you mentioned something there, like, okay, one of the most underrated things in my opinion is like talking after training about stuff. Like example, uh, we had the Monday night sparring class just there. And, uh, the day before the Sunday we had people competing and, uh, you know, they had won a few matches, lost a few matches, but they, those guys were in the next day at the at the sparring class. And afterwards, we were all just talking about, uh, you were doing this from here, you should try working on this or look up this guy. You really can't put a price on the talk, you know, post-training talking and like, you know, like you said, problem solving and you're trying to fix stuff. 
Yeah, and like we we would do this already. Like people after class, I think, hey, uh, I ran into this problem. But uh, Bart, you know Bart, Bart, Bart actually came up with this idea to do this in a in a circle and make it like part of the class. So it's been super helpful. I think it's one of the, the most important parts of our of our training. Like, how long would your class generally run? Would it be like an hour, ninety minutes, or two hours, or what's it? Uh, so it's one and a half hour of actual training, and then we make the circle. So usually we're like one forty, one fifty. Yeah. For the class. and then our regular classes are one hour. Just mm-hmm. th- I think I think yeah. ninety minutes is the perfect length of a class. So you get you know in a perfect world you'd get your thirty minutes of you know you get your warm up, your technique. If you know I really like positional sparring, you get a bunch of positional rounds in and then free rounds. Cause, you know because like you know or even honestly I think uh, so I think positional rounds are fucking so goddamn beneficial. Like it's ridiculous. Like you know. Say you know, like the back example. You're not you're not taking people's back, you know, but you can still work. For the, say you know, everyone at the gym is very good at defending the back, but you can still get in your back offense and your back defense. Say you're not you can't get your back taken, you know. Then that one time you do get your back taken, you're fucked. But you know, so like if you you know, like if you had to pick, like say you were going in training, but you could only do position rounds or free rounds in one day, like what would you pick? Like what's your preference? So my preference is uh, positional rounds. I really like positional rounds. I learned a lot from all. Um, I actually talked to uh, Melky Goval, you know, uh, Mika's, uh, Mika's father, about this. And uh, he had a really good point that, like, you have different kind of athletes. Some athletes, they thrive on just drilling, like Mikey must make it. He just drills the whole day. But, and, like, with the whole day, I mean the whole day. And then you have people that just spar, like free sparring, like uh, Leandro Lowe. Like all he would do was do free sparring. And then if he wanted to work his passing, he'll he'll grab the best guard player. If he wants to work his guard, he'll grab the best guard passer. Um, so he just does free sparring. And then a lot of people are in between where they uh, try from specific sparring like me. So that's why the complex is all those three parts. So everybody can learn something from it. And then what you do in the afternoon, you can um, you can decide for yourself. So let's say you really want to drill. A lot of our guys, they, they come in in the afternoon and they do like another hour of drilling or they want to get some rolls in, they come to the evening class, they roll with some of the recre- recreational practitioners uh, so they get some more rolls in um, or they do specific runs. Um, but yeah, I, I really like specific runs. I think that's the, the best way to learn because you make the the game a little bit smaller so you can really focus on what you want to learn okay, and really pinpoint the problems you have. If you just go for a free round, like a 10 minute round there's a big chance you don't remember anything of it afterwards whereas if you get caught in the same position in specific uh, rounds a few times then you know solve in the next class Mm. well plus uh there's like another element to it that i've only like figured out recently and like i don't know if you're aware of the youtube channel um less impressed more involved yeah 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 so i had him on the podcast once and we were talking about like rounds like very hyper specific round where let's say it's like squashed half guard you know where you have the head and arm and you know you have the squashed half now call me crazy but if you start around in top squashed half you should probably you know it's like you should be fucking passing like you should pass and finish the guard pass so it's like he called a designated winner where you know you've run into problems but you still should be able to like air quotes win the round and I think those are very good because one, you know, gives you more confidence in that very one tiny little area. So, you know, you could fit a better, you get, you put the puzzle piece in the right spot, I guess. And, you know, person on bottom defending, you know, 
seeing as it's like a designated winner round, you're not going to get annoyed when you're constantly losing because you're in such a shit spot and so focused and narrow. Like, no shit, you should you should be losing there, so you're not going to get all bummed out if you do, cause, which might be happening in, like, regular rounds if you're getting smashed and going to get down on yourself. Yeah, specific takes away a lot of the, the ego as well. Like, in a, in a the free spar round, like, it's a, a lot more, like, better winning or losing but in specific you exactly you you're it's more like learning it's like you should lose that position for example it takes a little of the ego away so that makes it easier to, to learn and improve mm. oh, plus like again like it's just like the back specifics if you have someone good on your back even like no matter what the fucking belt they are they, sh- they should be able to submit you like you know because the fucking back is so goddamn good like yeah yeah exactly yeah that, that's very good a good strategy Okay. Or uh, speaking of, since we were talking about egos and people, air quotes, losing and training and all this shit, uh, what's your uh, what's your most disliked thing in the BJJ community? Whether it's like online thing or an in person thing or like a thing at tournaments, just like your most disliked thing in the jiu jitsu community. Oh, good question. He's um, Or it could even be like as a coach, like say, you know, like, um, uh, no, you could be all elitist, but like all these fucking white belts. <laughs> well, <I'm talking. laughs> They're grand. Um, like people that take sit-outs before they, uh, they call you out. That's pretty annoying that you see like, uh, someone with some beauty purple sitting on the side and then taking a rest before he calls you out. Um, what else? Um, people that don't compete, but still, um, uh, think they're better than everybody and then complain. Uh, about what they see in competition with uh, like some very self-defense focused schools in the Netherlands and uh, that's no problem at all but uh, they will also like tell you how bad the competitors are even though they don't compete so that's uh, pretty shitty um, what else people walking with their shoes on the mat obviously uh, or walking barefoot off the mat mm-hmm. white belts that ask a lot of what if questions um, without actually Standing the position or going to the rest of the classes to understand the context of the position. I got a few. <laughs> That's okay. I'll give. The, I'll at least give the white belts at the end a little pass because you know they're at least you know. Okay, I can understand. You know, you're you're new. Your the enthusiasm. You're like, oh, what if this? What if that? What if this? What if that? It's like, do just do the fucking position and you'll understand it better, bro. You know, I can at least give them. You know, that's a, that's the most forgivable one and all the things you listed. <laughs> Yeah, actually, uh, we have an introduction course for people that are uh, starting with jiu-jitsu. And then I always address it because we always have one person at least asking a lot of what-if questions. So I'll just tell them, okay, so every position in jiu-jitsu has a solution. Um, if you train long enough, you're going to find a lot of those solutions. Um, and even if you don't find one now, there, there's going to be one in the future. Uh, so don't worry too much about the what-if questions. Just focus on what I'm teaching you right now and you'll we'll, we'll, we'll get to there later. But, but what if this? <laughs> yes. Well, at least I take it out of them uh, early in the <laughs> yeah or uh oh speaking of, okay so I'm always curious about this like say you know it's the first like it is the intro class what's the first thing you teach them like first move concept position what's the first thing you teach someone in this like intro class setting like we start with a basic warm up so just fall breaking I always say that that's the, the most important part like a lot of people they just do the introduction course and they don't come back um, so if they just take away the fall breaking I'm already very happy at least they don't get injured when they uh, when they fall 
Uh, but then I'll give like an oversight of jiu-jitsu and then uh, I'll learn some mount techniques. So we'll do like a case study of the mount where they learn how to keep the mount position, do a submission, and then they learn how to defend themselves and get out of the mount position. Mm. No, that's good. So you don't go teaching them reverse still a worm guard and buggy chokes in the first day? That's good that's shout as always. <laughs> second day so guys where, people who are quitting on the first day are really missing out because you get buggy chokes and reverse Della worm guard on the second day that's fucking that's actually it's that's when the first money and all for a reasonable price of 69 dollars ah. <laughs> no raise it up man that's some quality shit you're underselling yourself man yeah since we added the worm guard we should add, uh, up the price a little bit Mister. yeah you know wiggle it up there wiggle it up there on a worm or Daniel, uh, I say, um, what would you say is your proudest, uh, proudest achievement in competition? Like whether it's, uh, you know, a super fight, a tournament, or just, you know, uh, you know, even even just a coaching thing. Like, say, you coach your students to win in this big thing. Like, just in general, as an athlete, probably getting bronze at the trials. That was also a very tough tournament. Like. Title, title, maybe Europeans or Brazilian championship. Um, and as a coach, just seeing the development of uh, of Bart, of Luke, how they are uh, like competing with the best of the world. Uh, Bart got second at Worlds, Luke is European champion. Just seeing their progress is also making me very proud. Mm. Yeah, out of all your students, Bart is definitely my favorite. So, you know, even though I met a bunch of students in Greece, Bart is still my favorite. So if they listen to this episode, they're just going to hate me when I come over. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a good guy. I can just think He's my favorite person from your gym. So he, he's he's like he's he's over you. He's just gonna hang up now. <laughs> the other best step is your uh, your twin brother that lives in the Netherlands. <laughs> oh yeah, I haven't met him yet. The only I told you he's fetchy from like a place that's nearby me. So it'd be funny yeah. to funny to meet him. Yeah. All right. Uh, one thing I'm curious about. I'm not sure. Uh, what? You guys are so similar. It can go two ways. Like you can become best friends forever or you just dislike each other because you're too similar. But... <laughs> uh, I do hate people. I do hate people who remind me of myself because I hate that guy. Okay, okay. Yeah, then it, uh, it might be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so Daniel, sorry. Um, One thing I'm curious about is like, um, what's your thoughts on seminars and if they're helpful or not? Because like, say you're attending one. Because I know, okay, it's like there's two different schools of thought. Some people live and die by seminars. They fucking, they think they're very good stuff for like skill acquisition, you know, getting like stuff from this position, stuff from that position that you may not have, you know, even realized or even the fact that they're there. Cause you know, you, you know how it is. Say you watch an instructional or watch a bunch of videos, but you don't have the person there, like, you know, to ask about this little grip or that little grip. And then there's people who just shit all over seminars, think it's like a racket and think it's just, you know, you're just going there to get a picture with someone, you know, or something. Like, what's your thinking on seminars and if they're helpful or not? I like seminars a lot. Uh, I learn a lot from them. Of course, it depends on who's teaching them. Uh, I've been to bad seminars as well. I've been to really good seminars as well. But let's assume we're talking about a good seminar. Um, then it's uh, of somebody that I like to study their matches from, uh, that I maybe have watched an instructional if they have it. And uh, I studied their game and I really want to know, like, the intricate details. I want to feel how they do it. Um, and I know that they're going to show like their A game. They're not just going to uh, show some random things they need to show for the curriculum of the, the school they're teaching at. So uh, with a seminar, you know, somebody's teaching their, like, their best moves. If Again, if it's a good seminar. Uh, so for me, it's very useful. I learned some of my uh, my best moves through, uh, through seminars. 
Um, but and on the other side, you have like the the seminar that is about getting a picture and some old jiu-jitsu person that just wants to make some money and um, show a lot of matches they don't really use. Uh, then I don't like it. But um, like, well, I've been to really great seminars. Like my my footlock, I learned during a seminar of my of my coach, for example. So seminars, if they're done well, they're super useful, and I would definitely recommend to. Uh, to your listeners to invest in uh, going to some good seminars. Mm-hmm. You know, so guys, if you want an example of a bad seminar, I'd say, you know, uh, this guy, there's a guy called Daniel DeGroote. He's a very bad at seminars. I wouldn't... <laughs> Sorry. I get him, but I gotta make, I gotta make fun of you. Keep, keep your own pulpit. Oh, my God. Is he like... Right, so... <laughs> Sorry, what? If you like those kind of seminars, just taking a picture and learning some fancy moves that don't work, please come to my seminars. I'm uh, setting up my Irish. <laughs> yeah, guys, he's totally he's totally gonna do an Irish tour and he's just gonna train in my shed for a month. And if you want to get a picture of him, you have to drive all the way to fucking to Limerick to go get one <laughs> and pay the fee of a seminar. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Even though we only have a tiny ass little mat space and it'll be crowded. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, this is a ridiculous fucking show. Uh, so Daniel, I got some questions here. They're just a bunch of random questions. Some about jiu-jitsu, some aren't about jiu-jitsu. It's called a round of specifics. Do you want to do a round of specifics? Let's do it. A round of specifics. Uh, I actually asked you this question in Greece, but uh, I think the the two listeners of the show would love to hear your answer to this question. <laughs> All two listeners, you better, you better listen up now. What dinosaur do you think would be best suited for grappling? Ah, shit, I didn't have a good answer back then as well. Um, the one with the, the big neck, well, the plant eater. Yeah, the fucking, it's a brachiosaurus. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because you can bite, you can't claw in grappling, so uh, I think a, a good long-linked uh, plant eater would, uh, would do probably best in grappling. Mm, okay, but I have a question. Let's say you have this giant-ass dinosaur with the long neck. Say he's wearing a necktie. Does he wear the necktie at the bottom of his long neck or at the top? I don't have too much experience with neckties. How do people wear them? They wear them here on their like on their neck because the normal size neck is here. But then, like, <laughs> does he wear it at the end, under his chin, or over his neck? Say it's a business attire sort of dinosaur. Ah, yeah, I'd say high up on the neck, like right on the middle of the jaw. Well, yeah, see. Right answer. Well, the right answer is to not wear a tie because if you do, someone will grab you and fucking choke you. Correct. Correct. Yeah, but you can use it as well against your phone. But that's a discussion for another. No, you know it's a gentleman's agreement that they use your tie and you use theirs. Like, come on, it's like a belt. They use your belts to grab you, but you don't use their ears to grab them. That's true. Yeah, that's correct. I'm just unless it's uh, okay. Unless. It's uh, in Crucifix, and you're doing that assassin choke with from Barrett Yoshida. Was that legal? It is, right? Okay. Tied, you can do it. Okay, it's very specific. It's, this is coming from a guy who doesn't train or compete in the gi anymore, but from my understanding, if you were in Crucifix and your gi is fully, it's not like undone, your belt is fully tied, and you have them in Crucifix, you're allowed to grab your belt and loop it around their neck so long as you're in Crucifix and have their arms trapped to cho- choke them. Sick. Might pick up Mike again to do this move. I saw you in a gear Greece, you fucking charlatan. Don't you dare say. <laughs> I, I know what you're like. 
Well, I didn't put on my gear for closest, man. Whatever you... That's what they all say, man. I uh, I know I know the real truth. I have a Daniel DeGroot exposed video out soon. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, all right, so I'd like to ask you this question as well. Uh, what historical figure would you want to grapple the most? Yeah, so I thought about this again. Um, and the answer would still be the same, would be uh, William of Orange. So I can teach him some very good grappling techniques in our role that he can use to imp uh, improve the, the Dutch army's grappling knowledge and all-around fighting expertise. Aiding the Dutch independence, making it a lot <laughs> faster. Do you remember I thought it was the other William of Orange from the fucking uh, Jacobite Rebellion? I thought it was the other one, and I, I gave <laughs> you a lot of shit then. Original William of Orange, yeah. yeah. Not the one that uh, came and conquered England and Ireland. Yeah, the, the classic one. William of Orange, yeah, classic. Yes, OG. Yes. <laughs> ah, orange, OG. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, Daniel, if you had to create your own wacky rule set, like a stupid fucking rule set for grappling, what would it, like what what silly rule would you add and why? Ah, this has already been done by my uh, student Savage. It's the Charterville rule set, and he added pins to jiu-jitsu, um, and also sweeps from top. Um, so yeah, if you hold somebody for three seconds. Or five seconds, I don't remember the exact uh, Charlottesville rule set. Um, you win by pin. Um, and also, if you're on top, and then there's a scrum and you're still on top, it's called a sweep from top. Uh, so then you get two points. I'm liking this man more and more the more you talk about him. <laughs> That's <laughs> real man shit. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty good rule set uh, for him. <laughs> Gee whiz, okay. No, does the pin count if they have a uh, submission on? Because that was the whole rigmarole. It's like, oh, if there's a submission on, it's not a pin yet, technically. Yeah, so he doesn't actually believe in submissions. Um, he has this position he calls the Kimura guard. When he's uh, when some people think they have him in a Kimura, he uses that to sweep. And also he hasn't been um, strangled by anything other than a rear naked choke in about five or six years, I think. So uh, I believe in submissions. So also they don't help. So I'm going to make it my mission to come over and Darce choke this random person I've never met, but says you they can't can. be choked at anything except the Ritter can choke. I think, do you know uh, Rainier the Ritter, the, the MMA fighter? Yeah. I think he had a very hard time Darcy him, and Darcy is, is like a special, I don't know if he eventually succeeded, but I know he had a very tough time uh, Darcy him Savage. And this, this is a heavyweight uh, 1FC champion. Okay, I have an idea. So how about, okay, you know, you know, I really want to choke this guy when I'm willing to say this. I will train in the gi when I come over and visit you if, and only if, you make sure we're doing crucifix rounds and I'm allowed to assassin choke him with the belt. That's the only feasible way I could choke this guy and put on a gi. So that's the only, there's a lot of variables here. <laughs> you know what, like, I don't think you can, but uh, this is a specific round we can uh, definitely make happen. And we'll, we can actually podcast, but we'll, uh, we'll do a live maybe, or uh, we make a video for your, uh, for your Instagram. <laughs> you don't have to yeah, it's like, I try, I try to choke this guy. I fail. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're, I, I put my, all my, I put most of my money on that old savage for that. Gee whiz. Thanks bro. I thought we were friends. <laughs> oh, oh. We, pl we played a silly card game together. Does that mean nothing to you? <laughs> oh yeah guys for, for a bit of context when i first met daniel it was the first day we were in greece and we were just sat in the beach and he's like do you want to play this weird card game i was like sure whatever as long as not Yu-Gi-Oh, because i'm not in the mood <laughs> would have been more than something yeah 
You know, you say, uh, what was it? It was seven or what was the game called again? Because I can't remember. It's called Pesta, which means uh, bullying. Oh, yeah, it was fitting. I felt pretty. <laughs> okay, so this is a, a podcast exclusive little story. So it was this game, this card game, bullying. There was like, I don't know, there was five of us. It was, was it five or six of us playing it or? It was me, you, Bart, Adam, sir. I think five. Maybe Rose yeah. Cummings. No, 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 it was just five of us. So, uh, so guys, uh, they, this guy, I don't know what it is with you, you and Bart, Daniel, you're obsessed with like forfeits and betting and stuff. I think you have a problem, man. Cause when we were playing the game, so guys, we had this little card game going and we're like, whoever loses has to, I don't know, buy someone a pool toy or a water toy. So I ended up losing this game and then, I, you know, we're at, um, we're at like a fucking campsite with like a beach thing, a beach shop. So when I remembered I had to buy Daniel, poor Daniel, uh, a water toy of some description. So I ended up buying him pink fucking armband preservers that children use. And uh, did we get a picture of me presenting them to you or did we not? I can't remember. <laughs> no. ah, man, that would be so funny. You were a bit salty, I think. You gave it pretty, pretty quickly. Toss it to the <laughs> Yeah, just tossed it at your fucking feet. Uh, well, next next time I uh, well next time I fucking lose a forfeit to you, we'll make a grand uh, f- grand fucking spectacle of it, me presenting you yeah. thing. <laughs> yes, yes. We'll do. Um, when you come, we'll do some uh, bottle flip challenges. It's uh, the new hype in our team now. Okay, what is what is up with you people in the bottle flip? Because I keep see- you were doing like a big ginormous circle of it at the airport. I saw that on Instagram. I was like, what's wrong with you people? <laughs> yeah, so the loser usually has to do a challenge uh, at our recent barbecue. Uh, team barbecue. Uh, the person that lost had to uh, ask the like neighboring people for food. <laughs> <laughs> so what? They'd go over to the neighbors when you have a barbecue on and be like, "Can I have food?" It's like, yeah, was it? Yeah, I can send you a video. And one one had to swim. One we two underwater. Oh, uh, what like in in the canals in 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 Rotterdam? No, we have like a a, a lake, a small lake. Oh. Okay, that's better, because I was, okay, I don't know how it is in Rotterdam, I was in Amsterdam last year, and we were staying with our friend, I was like, do people swim in the canals? And he looked at me funny, he's like, fuck, no they don't, they're, you see them, they're fucking foul. Yeah, they're pretty foul. No, the the lake is uh, is pretty decent when there's no, um, how do you call this, like the algae, the cyan algae? Yeah, like, uh, I know it's the fucking, yeah, the algae, I know what you mean, the, the green shite. Yeah, that's, as long as they're very there, technical there. term. Very technical term, right? Oh, yeah. Or man, uh, oh, here's another good one. Uh, what's the most embarrassing way you've seen someone injure themselves? Like whether it's just a ridiculous fucking, uh, like even last night I was rolling, I was wrestling, and I legit slipped as I was trying to pull guard, and I made it. I, I just, like, you know, waved it off like I tried to do it, but I legit fucking slipped, and I was like, fuck this. You know, you see people like injure themselves in ridiculous ways. Oh, that's a bit of a big joke we talked about it earlier, where uh, my uh, my student tried to pull his own leg towards him, and then just popped the uh, popped his own. He, if only you had a video of that, so we could laugh at this poor man who probably didn't even do anything wrong. I think we do because this was um like an in-house super fight. <laughs> oh shit! I thought I thought it was in training, man. I just thought it was training. No, it was an in-house uh, in-house super fight. Oh, boy. Okay, I don't want to see that. I feel utterly bad then. I don't like watching the... You know, it's almost like you're a normal person. You don't like watching people getting injured. Yeah, no, but some people do. 
but uh, <laughs> I don't like it too. And we call those people sadists. But yeah, weirdo. Ah, mm. uh, man. So, anyways, uh, oh yeah, here's a good one. Uh, what's the dumbest fucking BGJ hot take you've seen people see? Like, you know, the dumbest opinion, fucking post, because you know, people are people on it. You know, giving people, you know. The internet's a funny thing. Giving people, everyone, uh, a way to talk and put their uh, ideas out there. It seems like a good idea on paper. It's a shame it's written on toilet paper, though. So, you know, it gives people an opportunity to say some really stupid shit. <laughs> Most things I see on Reddit are uh, in that category. Um, um, get it, Reddit. Yeah, nah, I don't like it either. Nasty place. Um... What I'll take to this like. Uh... Oh, so so while you're thinking there, I'll regale the listeners with a quick uh, uh, guys. I'll just tell you that I just hate r slash bjj. Fucking hate it so much. Everyone on there is a little fucking armchair fucking analyst. Like, uh if you don't you dare don't post the fucking competition things. Like, I would have done this. I would have done that. It's like, well, I'd be posting matches from when I'm a blue belt. It's like, well, I would have done this twenty step sequence, and it would say on their flare, third degree black belt. Like. Okay, Mr. McGill, you're probably fucking crippled and, you know, you're 40 fucking years old. Like, whatever dude saying you could do that, like, whatever, bro. Or one time I posted that I won double silver at this comp and they're like, well, congrats on losing to the same guy twice in one day. I was like, gee whiz, thanks. Thank you. Awesome. I don't see you competing, but whatever. <laughs> um, One thing I, I don't like is like the the hate people have against the uh, against hierarchy in, in jiu-jitsu. Like, for me, it's it's nice. Like it, it's good to know that there's like you're in the coach, and then there's like the the black the 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 brown bells, the purple bells, and like the lower bells make way for the higher bells, and you have a lineup. Um, I like it. Like you have to respect the people that have been doing it longer than you. Um, give you some uh, some clarity as well. Like otherwise, in my opinion, it would become a big mess. So I'm not like a, a stickler for like super strict hierarchy, but I don't think uh like hierarchy in jiu-jitsu deserves the hate it gets on places like. Uh, your favorite Reddit uh, No, uh, you know, people, okay, here's the thing. I don't, I don't mind the whole hierarchy thing, you know, as long, you know, if there's necessary forms of hierarchy, you know, like example, coach, assistant coaches, senior students, and then newer students, that's fine, you know, because you can't have someone, a new guy, roll up and act like he owns the fucking place, because, you know, that's just not going to fly. But we're... You know, I have a problem with just people taking it a bit too fucking seriously sometimes, like, you know, because I don't want to shit on older practitioners. Like, say, say you're a 40-year-old purple belt who has three children and works a full-time job. There's a 20-year-old blue belt who can beat the shit out of you. You know, look, fair enough, uh, you know, you're a purple belt, it's all well and good, but then, like, ah, you know, fucking, you know, I just don't like, yeah, <laughs> this isn't me projecting or at all. I haven't had experience like this, <laughs> I swear. I swear, you know, people, you know, or, okay, I'd have, um, okay, this is probably just a pet peeve of mine, like, don't fucking give someone advice after they fucking smash you. Like, you know, I remember, you know, yes. I beat the, yes. you know, I, yeah. you know, I, I beat, you know, like, I beat the fuck out of this purple belt guy in my old gym, and then he had the fucking gall to go tell me, oh yeah, you, you should have done this better. I was like, bro, I'm sorry, I beat the fuck out of you, do not tell me how I can be better in a round, so like, shut up. Not, this just... isn't an arrogance thing, it's just like, come on. Unsolicited advice by people without knowledge about the subject. That's my biggest. Now, yeah. I will say, if the round was neutral or very back and forth, 
then you can be like, oh, Daniel, um, maybe if, if you tried this script, it would have fucked me up earlier in the round or something. That's fair enough if it's a neutral sort of thing. Or, you know, if it was just a very good round, you know. You know, but if it was just a pure smash fest, like, dude, shut up. Shut up. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I rant over, I swear. <laughs> no, no, I absolutely agree with you. That's right. Or, or my favorite thing. So what's your opinion with the newer people? Because, you know, say, you know, obviously you don't go fucking smashing brand new people when they fucking come in because that's not going to help anyone. But then that can lead to people getting, you know, delusions of grandeur saying like, oh yeah, I went into jiu-jitsu practice today. I've only been training for a week and no one submitted me. I even rolled it a blue belt. I didn't get submitted. I was like, they're letting you work, buddy. You know, you see this, you see this a few, few too many times, people getting notions as we call it here in Ireland. Yeah, we don't have it too much. I think we have a pretty good gym culture that uh, suppresses this a little bit. But of course, sometimes we have like people coming in and uh, acting a bit too tough. So then I'll just pick some people that will uh, safely show them them play at their place. Like it, 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 it attracts attention when people uh, act like that, where they think they're they're very good. They usually celebrate their their wins or um, so. Then I'll just somebody that will. Uh, put them down a step again and that usually solves it. Now, see, okay. It's a bit different. Like, say, say you, you you know, if you embark for training and you, you know, you, you hit bar for a crazy move, you know, you can make a little joke about it's like, ah, fuck it, I sweat you there, you fucking arsehole. You know, if you're friends and you've been training for a while, that's cool. But like, people coming in, you don't know them. If they like, get a move on you, they're like, ah, I'm the fucking man. It's like, I was letting you work, bro, but I fucking won't in future. I'll just beat the shit out of you if that's what you want, you know. When if you train with somebody for the first time, you can be too. Uh, you can be too nice. You always have to like. This is my my opinion, my advice. But um, when you go with somebody for the first time, I always like I don't go like I match their energy level, but I like yeah, I show I I I don't go to lose. Like I show them as well. I don't let them work too much in the first round, and then after you tap them one or two times. Then you can let them work a little bit more, but I think it's important in the beginning where they stand. Or also, that's just yeah. like they're a lot better than you, than you know as well. Hmm. Or, you know, just I think it, once you just submit someone once or twice, they know what the deal is, and then you let them work, just go chill. You know, they'll know what the deal is. Exactly. Sure. Okay, so here's one thing. Um, I keep hearing about this, and it's it's very it's very strange because this is what like I actually heard a video. I was listening to a video the other day, watching a video, not listening to the other side, watching a video the other day. You know, because if you know the whole letting people work thing, I think it's fine to let people less experienced in your work. You know, let them get side control on you, let them get mount. You know, whatever. Grand. Don't just let them submit you. Now, look, if they put you in side control and they're like really going for a kimura and you're trying to escape, look, fair enough. We're all we're all fucking. We're all human and it's trained and fine, whatever. You get caught, you get caught. But don't just, yeah. you know, give up and just give them an arm bar because then they'll get they'll get ideas in their head saying, I submitted so-and-so. I was like, well, no, no, you didn't, you know. Like, yeah. let them pin you, let them work. Never, don't give them, don't give them a submission. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'll let people pass my guard and let them take my bag, but I'll never give them a submission for free. Uh, like, always defense until the end, I guess, uh, I guess the submission. Mm. Now, look, if they get you, they get you grand, whatever, but, like, don't, I think offering up on silver platter is fucking like, it's disrespectful to them because it's like, you know, it's babying them saying, the only way you can submit me is if I let you, you know, fuck you, you know, you know, it's disrespectful to them. And then, you know, you're just like, ah, fuck, I'll let you get it, whatever, cool. Then, it's, you know, it's a fucking, it's a whole stupid fucking situation. Just, you know, 
escape whatever we're all friends here yeah I agree mm. or what's it called um oh here's a good one uh what's uh it's not just you let's just say is there any fake moves either in your arsenal or your friends or coaches teammates that it's it's air quotes a fake move but it fucking it actually works people would keep saying it doesn't work it's fake but it actually works why would you have internet like that oh this should be good well listen the cradle the cradle my uh, my new favorite move i've been uh, hitting it at all uh, all the high level competition i've been doing lately um again told to me by uh, mr savage from charleville uh, and it works like people say that there's no danger but if there's no danger why don't they escape funny Dude, there's a lot of danger in Cradle. Have you ever fucking tried to escape and someone just darces you straight away? Exactly. There's a lot of danger. Example, yeah. One of many examples of the Cradle. Ooh, what else do you got? Because all I do from there is a darce. Oh, yeah, same. <laughs> oh, fuck. I thought you were going to blow my mind real quick. It's like, oh, do this, do that, do this, do that. It's like, Daniel, I thought you were supposed to be good. <laughs> I think there's a big thing as well. Uh, I, I think John Denner shows... Uh, uh, some uh, like falling back into leg locks from the cradle um but uh from what i've heard i don't know if it's uh, true, uh mr savage is going to come out with an instructional pretty soon on the cradle so then he'll share his uh, powerful uh, cradle system with the world yeah he's he's got to come up with some very funny fucking irish sort of name for it man it should be fucking really funny i'll just look up the irish word for cradle in the, I posted a small cradle video on my Instagram uh, two days ago, and there's some American guys. They started commenting, "Yeah, check out our restrictional. We have a complete cradle system." And so I started discussing with them, tell, uh, telling them that uh, the cradle was actually invented by his grandfather uh, in Ireland while he was uh, trying to the cows, and that it's not an American man. <laughs> and the guys got really pissed. They went into it. It's just wrong. Our team has been doing this since the 1990s. <laughs> and that eventually, yeah, they, they, they they caught on that it was just messing with them, so they took it off. What? Okay. Now, it's at times like this where I really want to make a very, you know, a very mean comment about the ignorance of certain people from certain countries, but I that's that's beneath this podcast. I'm not going to make a whole joke about Americans being stupid and silly. I think that's that's beneath me right now. I'm sorry, guys. That's that's a joke for legal reasons. <laughs> That's a joke for legal. Don't want all two of my listeners to get upset at me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so I think that's a great place to end it there, man. Uh, Daniel, do you have anything you want to promote? Any, any you know, things you want to announce soon? Any seminar tours or any, you know, more uh, instructional courses with cradle systems from Irish grandpas coming out soon? Yeah, so I think Savage is working on the, the cradle system. I'm going to be working on a half guard system. I already have a guillotine and a food lock system out on BGA Fanatics, so check that out if you uh, if you want to learn those. Uh, whenever you're in the Netherlands, make sure to come visit Haven BGJ. Uh, we get some of the best jiu-jitsu uh, in Europe. Um, um, Bob, that's it. Thanks a lot for having me. It was a big pleasure. Hey, guys, you know, the most important thing they have some really sexy merch. So, you know, if you go there, buy some stuff. <laughs> New wrestling guards should be coming in in about uh, six weeks from now. So, um, yeah, wait till you come until we have yeah. the new stuff. Should be some crack. So thanks for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Adios.